0: A weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
1: Hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne
0: Giesman.
2: Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought
1: or a memory.
0: Messages
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome back for another episode. It's a thrill for me to be able to do a live show, but some of you won't be joining us live. But I've been on the road for two months now with two months to go. And thanks to my beautiful friend, Denise Van Damme, I'm able to use her house and her strong internet signal, a good backdrop to give you the best possible experience today because we have a wonderful guest. Her name is Tina Zion. She's a medical intuitive and a medium. Aren't you going to love this? And I know she has a lot to share with you. So let's bring her in.
2: Hey, Tina, thanks for joining. Wow. Us. Thank you so very much. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. I love that you've combined the two medical intuitive and medium. Before we get into that, I'd love to hear your your non-medical non-intuitive background how about that
2: mm, oh, okay well my background is um multiple things i am a registered nurse and i specialized in uh, psychiatric nursing and mental health counseling so i'm a graduate of the gestalt institute and i also uh, was i've let my my uh, certificate go because i'm so busy doing this but I did a clinical hypnotherapy, and I specialized mm. in past life regressions and life between life regressions too. So, a nurse, a counselor, a clinical hypnotherapist was really my background. Uh, is what I've done professionally for a lot of years.
1: Okay, wonderful. And you're still in the healing world, which is beautiful. Yeah. Now, yeah. Do, do you focus specifically now on medical? intuitive work or the mediumship, or have you found a balance?
2: No, it, it all tends to blend. And, you know, um, I I tell people too, because they'll say, well, I do this for my living and how on earth can I do medical intuition as a profession? And what I say is really no matter what our background is, look at those three different things that I did it really blends together with what i do now so it doesn't take from it 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 just blends together so you know no matter what uh we do for a living before uh being a medical intuitive it it created our foundation in some way for every individual it really creates a foundation
1: beautiful so for those who have no foundation in medical intuition, I'm hearing that we should start with just a basic explanation of what medical intuition is and what a medical intuitive does.
2: Mm. I, I didn't realize it, but I have a broader definition than what many people do about medical intuition. Uh, it, to me, it includes the, not only just the physical body and the physical health or wellness, But I've noticed, too, that uh, people's lifestyle comes in. Their thoughts and emotions are very much a part of this. And so it it really blends all of that together. And then I realized that I was also uh, receiving information from the deceased. I work with the divine and sacred. And so see that non-physical realm is really a part of it, too. And I teach people really how to look into uh, people's energy field, but also into their physical body. I'm really, really, really big on, even when I mention that, I have to say this, because there's nothing, in my opinion, more invasive than a medical intuitive, because we're literally going into their eternal soul, we're going into the physical body and actually perceiving joints and organs and things like that. So I'm really big on really pushing and begging people never do this level of work without permission. And that Mm -hmm. will keep us in the the light, working in the light, if we only do this with permission.
1: And so how did you discover... Your ability to literally be like an X ray for other people's souls?
2: Well, I was a, a Reiki practitioner too. And so uh, I uh, am a, was teaching Reiki, a third degree master teacher for Reiki. And I had been doing Reiki for quite a bit with quite a few sessions. And this was back in 1991 or 1992. And I suddenly could uh, realize I was looking inside of people's body. So it happened very, very, very spontaneously. Uh, I was looking into lungs and colons. And I could look into a, a joint, you know, like the, the, someone's left knee and see arthritis in there and things like that.
1: Is it like on the screen of your mind, literally seeing... Is it a depiction of a lung or you could see this person's particular lungs?
2: No, it would. No. I, would.
1: I don't know if she's frozen for everybody, but she's frozen for me.
2: Hmm. Uh there,
1: there you go. <laughs> okay.
2: So uh, I could literally look into that individual's lungs and I could see you know, uh, the areas that are uh, very, very on uh, inflamed or I could see fluid in the lungs. So I could really uh, pick up. It, it looks like a photograph rather than an X-ray, really, to me. Wow.
1: Then do you intuitively know what to do? Do you give advice? Do you do healing or do you just say you better go see a doctor?
2: <laughs> well, actually, both. Um, Gosh, I have come across people who are very, very depressed, and I had them uh, call family members right then and there from my office. I've sent people to the emergency room from my office because, you know, I really believe that even medical intuitives and medical intuition integrates with the Western medicine. I'm not anti-Western medicine. I'm a nurse, too. Uh, and I really love it to to speak about the Western medicine is dealing with our health on the physical level, but medical intuition is dealing and looking and perceiving our health on the non-physical level. So to me, it's just the most blessed uh, inner, inner mixture of, of it's both. holistic, right? Very holistic. It's very holistic. Yes. Yeah.
1: So I just am trying to put myself in your shoes when suddenly you're working on somebody doing Reiki and you're seeing inside their body. What did you do with that?
2: Well, I was shocked at first because literally the first person that I was um, that this happened with. I was, I couldn't figure out what I was perceiving, what I was seeing, what I was doing. And here I was inside of their colon and I was zipping around through their, the colon the, and the large intestine. And I actually found a grouping of cancerous polyps. So I found oh my it, God, I'm I knew exactly, I know I knew, that was my f- first time. And so now I knew exactly that. where it was. You took that to
1: a new level right there because previously to you saying that, I thought you're like outside the person looking at the colon and seeing it like a separate thing. But you just described being in there, and that is, you talk about invasive. Well, I <laughs> know. Well,
2: I know. That's why I tell people that because I run around all over the place teaching people how to do this. And, you know, I can't make people stay very, very ethical, but I can beg them to be very, very ethical with this because we are literally, um, it's really, I call it laser beaming, but we're literally astral projecting and then remote viewing inside of another human. And we we pick up their sorrows, their, their pain, their you know, their secrets, their things that they love, things, the joyful moments, we pick up everything. Uh, And so to me, it's, we have to stay very ethical about it.
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you train people how to do this. As I was listening to, I was thinking, I want to do that. And the second you said remote viewing, I thought, well, of course. So anybody Who understands the basics of mediumship or medical intuition would understand that you're using the same faculties, aren't you?
2: Yeah, I believe so. In fact, I always, for years, I called it, you know, I felt like I just stretched out like a laser beam. And one of my clients said, Well, I'm uncomfortable with a laser beam. I'm a nurse and that means cutting. She said, Can I use a flashlight? And I said, Well, sure, use a flashlight. That's fine with me. She meant, you know, metaphorically and energetically, she wanted to shine a flashlight. But I realized that, wait a minute, I'm astral projecting and I'm teaching people to do that and then remote viewing. And I didn't realize for a long time that that's really to use, you know, what you and I would call more spiritual terms. That's really what we're doing.
1: So you're not looking from behind the flashlight. It sounds to me like you become the flashlight beam or the laser beam Hmm. itself.
2: Oh, yes. Yes. I would agree with that. Yes. Because it's like, it's like I'm stretching out uh, my own energy field and, but without taking possession or anything like that, I'm just sending in like what I would describe as hypersensitive sensors. That's how I would describe it. Just hypersensitive sensors to pick up what's really going on with that person. And then, and then, um, some years back, I realized that I was picking up the the actual cause of what's going on. And that uh, took me into eight different causes of illness. So that led, uh, you know, to that aspect of it, too.
1: Oh, my gosh. We could go so many directions right now.
2: Yes, <laughs> I'll go wherever you want to go. Well, okay. <laughs> I'd like to know
1: how you were perceiving the causes? Was it coming through claircognizance? You just knew, or do you feel that there were guides of your client who were putting that information into your awareness? Ultimately, we, we both know there's only one mind, one field we're working in, but it can show up in different ways.
2: Yes, yes. Well, in my case, I realized that I was working with a, a level of guides that I call the divine and sacred. And I used to work with what seemed like um, less advanced guides, and when I when I uh, realized that, and I started working with the Divine and Sacred, my accuracy was even better. It was even more, and so I uh, work with them, and I um, ask them because they tend to be specialists. I have lots of them uh, is oh, what I, I that. always call my bunch over here. I always call my punch. Uh, and I just, I don't figure out who's answering me at this point. I just ask many, many, many questions about my client
0: mm-hmm. and
2: whoever I'm working with at that moment. So I will say, I don't know, I'll just make something up. Uh, let's say I saw an ulcer in the uh, stomach lining of a, um, a client, a, a woman client, and I had asked my guides, tell me or show me the exact place within this person that I should perceive. And so I was taken to the stomach and then I saw a raw place. Well, I'm not licensed. And I would ask your listeners too, if you're not licensed to diagnose, don't ever diagnose because that's mm-hmm. what will get you into trouble. But we intuitives can describe, describe, describe in in precise detail uh, rather than diagnose. So I described it in detail uh, to her and my guides told me to, to ask her, how did she lose her power? Because, you know, the stomach is the solar plexus. It's that self-empowerment and, um, being who are, who we truly are meant to be. And, uh, I said what's eating what's been eating away at you and she started crying and she said she said I want I'm an artist and my father said I I will never make any money I have to be an engineer mm-hmm. and so I am an engineer but she said really I'm an artist deep down and I said well it's eating away at you literally it's eating away uh, at your power you know your self empowerment and so, see, I was, I, I was taken to the cause, you know, they, my guide said, ask her how she, what's eating away at her. Ooh, and then we beautiful the- example. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. So now you teach people how to do this, but you also teach people to do it for themselves. I love mm-hmm. that you have a class coming up with the shift network on being your own medical intuitive. Yes.
2: Tell us about that
1: field. Well,
2: for, for a long time, I, uh, I was teaching people how to do this for others. And then I, I always just study myself and I study what my clients are saying and words that come up. And they were a lot of them began to say, well, I want to do this for myself. And would you teach me how to do this for myself? And I thought, "Oh, yes, let's let's really learn to do this for ourselves." And so I teach people how to work with divine and sacreds so that you have a team. I really want people to know we don't have to be so alone in um, our life. We don't need to be so so alone in our Our healing and our own lifestyle, our own physical body, and so I work. You know, teach people to work with a team of divine and sacreds, and and get to the really get to the bottom of it. Get to the cause. It could be. I worked with one woman, and she. um, I'm just thinking of some examples. She had a, a frozen left shoulder, and she hasn't moved that. I don't know. I think she said for six months, and so. We got, uh, you know, I asked and we got to the cause and then this beautiful, it looked like an angelic hand. You never know what's going to happen. Just came down from out of the air and made like a cut with the fingertips of uh, an angelic being and and started pulling out all this stuff that looked like gristle out of like gristle on a steak, you know, and just went like that and was just pulling out this gristle. And then the hand all of a sudden was sewing it up with golden thread. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. I know, I know. I know, you can't make this stuff up. And uh, and I said, well, now just, you know, that I told the client what happened and what I perceived. And so she started moving her shoulder around and she says, wait a minute, I can move it. And she started f- flinging her arm all over the place. And I said, no, no, wait a minute. This is new healing. So... Don't get carried away, and it never became frozen again. But I'm curious. Cause, if
1: you, yeah, the, the I'm curious if you discerned the cause in that case and what that gristle was.
2: Yeah, the the cause was, in a, and it was on her left shoulder. So the cause was huge, huge issues about her mother and taking care of her mother. And not wanting to take care of her mother in this case, and so see it just collected. She just was collecting um, um, what energy that she really didn't want to do what she was doing, and so she created uh, like a, this gristle in her in her shoulder to help her say no to her mother in doing all these things. Is basically what was underneath this particular example.
1: Wow. Now, anybody who's watching or listening who may be new to energy work may just say, well, maybe it was just the placebo effect. You put in her mind the thought that that happened and then she could move it. I say to that, well, who cares what it was? It works. But I'd love to hear your comments on that. Yeah, exactly. It worked.
2: Well, uh, this is, you asked a very good question. Thank you for bringing that up. Do you know that when uh, I don't uh, especially work with animals, but a friend of, I teach people because everything about medical intuition uh, we can apply to our animals as well. And a friend of mine uh, called me and she said, my parrot, she had a great big uh, African gray parrot and he. she's had him for years and he would start plucking out all of his feathers. And he was just bald in the front part mm. here in his chest. Right. And I said, well, I'll, I'll check and see. And so when I intuitively astral projected to her home and uh, was standing there with uh, the parrot, I saw uh, a deceased uh, kind of grumpy old deceased man <laughs> coming into the house at night and just poking at the parrot uh, with his finger and already take like a pin, you know, and, and poke at the parrot. He just, I don't know where he came from. He just came, you know, floating down the street and went in and started bothering this, her parrot. And so I called in the guides to help him out, wrap him up in the loving white light and help him go to the best place for his transformation. And that parrot stopped the very next morning or stopped plucking and uh, all his feathers came back in. So, you know, you don't get that placebo when when there's these beautiful changes in our animals. And um, I so think that's up. a double
1: layered story for me because first of yeah. all, it shares the, the placebo effect was not affecting the parrot, but in, with my Navy background, it took me years to get to the point where I, I'm open to any possibilities. And if I were new to this and heard that story, I'd say, oh, come on, a spirit man comes in and is poking a parrot. That's ridiculous. So you could think
2: that's ridiculous, but again, it doesn't matter. The parrot's cured. <laughs> I know something happened that the parrot was happy again. And, and you know, because they say that parrots will do that when they're very nervous and so, it. and I just go with whatever comes into my awareness. And I thought, uh, you know, you can't make this stuff up. That's one of the things I always say. You just can't hardly make this stuff up. Yeah, the but thing is, you don't need to make it up when the stories are this good and they really happen, right? I know. And these stories about animals, too, that really, I think that helps people. And I never bring this up usually with people. But to hear this story that an animal Uh, changed dramatically, you know, like the next morning, there's something going on here that we're truly, truly doing.
1: Absolutely. We love the stories on this show. So anytime
2: it pops into your mind, be
1: sure to share it. okay?
2: Okay. All right.
1: So tell us about personal medical intuition. Do you, say, do you feel, as your experience, that most people do have a sense something's wrong and then double question, then what percentage of people actually act on that or follow through on it versus just ignoring it?
2: The people that tend to come to my courses about self-healing, you know, there's a motivation there. And my main goal, I think, is to really help people realize that they, how very, very powerful we we really are. And underneath a lot of our physical struggles are uh, thoughts and emotions because our thoughts are electrical, energetic spurts of energy. And then there's the subsequent emotion. So a lot of times thought and emotion is underneath Um, whatever illness that we're having but so when people come you know to learn or read my book about it um, about self-healing that they are really motivated and and I hope to teach them how really powerful we are and you know bottom line the doctors could work themselves you know like crazy for a person but if the person doesn't want to get better or doesn't want to live, you know, the medical world really can't stop this, this is how powerful we really are. And so if we want health, oh, my goodness, it's it's so much, we're so much more powerful to actually receive that and to actually create that inside of our own body. So I I love this part of it. And I didn't really teach it for a long, long time.
1: What convinced you to start doing it?
2: All the people that started asking me for, Mm -hmm. you know, they'll say, well, you know, I really don't. I'm not pulled to be a practitioner for this because that's what I was teaching for a long time is how to do this for others. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, I want to really excel at my own health. And so I uh, have some. experiences to build up their own energy, how to get more in charge of their energy field. Because I always say we're 50% physical, but we're 50% non-physical at the exact same time. And so let's work on this on both levels, you know, because sometimes it might be as simple as you need to stop drinking soda pop and start drinking water. You're very dehydrated. You know, it's not all, um, you know, things okay. poking at you and, and poking the to parents, not always, you know, <laughs> not always that. So
1: do you help your students go beyond sensing that's what's wrong and to heal themselves?
2: Yes. Yes. Wow. And again, talking, teaching people how to connect and be more careful and who we're connecting with on the spirit realm, uh, you know, because my grandma Marie, she is uh, comes to me frequently. She it, it comes to me all the time across from across the veil. The, the what? From across I'm the veil? Yeah, that's a good point. And um, she though isn't at that divine and sacred level. It's like if when I uh, you know leave my body and I'm deceased. I just don't become divine and sacred. You know, I'm a deceased being. So, you know, she's my helper, but so I, I help people really work with that highest level that at least we can humanly know. And it's um I kept hearing that the words divine and sacred narrows that down. And so I teach people how to really work with. Guides who excel about them for them who excel in guiding. I teach people how to talk uh, to their guides as well and get clarity about what is going on in their physical body. So, so there's a a whole a whole process. It's actually I hope fun for people to do.
1: Wonderful. You know, as you as you say that, I I can't help but say, and I don't mean to counter you. Just I'm so aware of language that I know you agree, we all are divine and sacred now. And yet our human thinking, our human belief systems have us in this hierarchical mindset where we have to go to beings who are somehow more divine and more sacred than we are. So that works. That's a really great term to make us go higher in frequency. But the reason I know that we're able to heal each other is because we are already whole and complete at the deeper levels
2: well and thanks for bringing that up because the way i put it is you know we as living humans are the head of our teams and nothing can happen unless we are wanting it that we allow it and i'm really getting lately to talk uh, about the word allowing that we need to allow ourselves to realize how divine and sacred we are and that we're beautiful energy beings and we're meant to be healthy and vital and all that. So I think you and I are on the p- same page there.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Yes. Wow. Yeah, yes. Yeah.
2: So you've, you've taught
1: thousands of people to do this. I, I just respect your work so much. And oh, I didn't realize till recently that you even teach medical professionals how to access their intuitive skills. Tell us about some of the, the medical people you've taught and what transformation did you see in them in their work as a result of looking at their work in a different way?
2: Oh, wow. Thank you for, thank you for asking that because the medical people, you know, that are listening to this, um, I think will really appreciate this. <clears throat> that I, after a while, I realized More and more and more medical people are coming to my courses and they are physicians. They are surgeons. They are physicians from all backgrounds. They're nurses and nurse practitioners, um, physical therapists, respiratory therapists, nurse anesthetists. This, I can't say that word, anesthetist. <laughs> um, so, and I'll look, now sometimes the physicians they'll come up to me and they'll say, "Now don't tell anybody, but I'm a I'm a physician." So that sometimes <laughs> they'll do that. Um, and here's here's why they're coming. At least that's what I, I just really listen to what people say to me, and they keep saying things like, "I'll head to an exam room." And I'll touch the doorknob and I suddenly know something that can't jump um, information jumps out of the air, you know, to me about the client that's in my exam room and it's always right. They'll say, yeah. it's right. How do I yeah. hadn't even looked at their chart yet? How do I, how do I do that? So they see, they're already noticing their intuitive yeah. abilities. That's yeah. the, the cool part it makes us both smile. Yeah. Uh, they're already noticing that, and they'll say, "I want to do more of that. I want, I want that very much." And I'm working for a long time, actually, because I see people on um, individual mentoring too. This uh, one man, he's a, a, a surgeon, a specialist uh, in removing a cancer, and he said, "Tina, I'm just using my intuition." And he said, "I realize when there is a like a tendril of the cancer." And he said, I'm getting that intuitively and I follow that and I'm always right. So see, I, I think that's just beautiful, especially yeah, we I, love it. That. I well, I love it when the the medical world, the physical world, you know, matches and connects in with what I call the ooh wah wa. I I just love that. But that's why they're coming is they already realize they're getting like intuitive hits about their client before they open up the computer or or look at the chart
1: so what do you tell them how do you increase that Give give us some teaching right now tina
2: oh well how to increase that is to actually realize it's real uh to notice and i especially tell people because here's the the conflict especially with people who feel like they're analytical you know, and medical people are very, usually very analytical. And you, I want to tell people to notice the pop. And by that, I mean, when, it, when a piece of information pops in uh, kind of out of nowhere, to really be aware that if it pops in out of nowhere, It that will always be the most accurate intuitive information. The split second after the pop is our thinking mind trying to sort it out.
1: Yeah, Yeah.
2: so that's everybody tells me that that is a powerful thing to, to tell them because people struggle. Well, did I just make that up? I had a client just earlier this afternoon. Did I just am I making this all up? Well, here's Here's number two that I act like to tell people is it will it will always feel like we're making it up. Doesn't that feel like that way to you? You know, because we're working with the non-physical level of life, and so it will always feel. You know, I've been seeing deceased people since I was four years old or five years old. I thought I was making it up, but apparently not. Uh, But. (laughs) because we're, we're dealing with a non-physical realm. So you are
1: that you're empowering people in that because it is the, the, the most common thing I hear. How do I know I'm not making it up? Yeah.
2: It will always feel that way, but how you know is I, I tell people take the pop. In fact, if you ask the universe a question, pause and take the instant thought word, or even a picture in our mind's eye, And that, if it popped in, I take that as an absolute truth, without waver. And that's how one of the skills that I teach, but it's also, I realize the more I do that for myself, the more accurate it is. Take the pop, and then the split second after that is our thinking mind trying to figure things out.
0: Throughout history, dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. Our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artists Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for The Power of Radical Imagination, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive.
1: And then I'm sure you speak from experience that the more you trust that and act on it, then you just learn that feeling of the pop is so different than your own thoughts. Yes,
2: yes, it is. Yeah, it is a very particular feeling because it's it, because um, you didn't think it. You didn't search for it. That would be another key. I would ask people Do not work at being intuitive That just take the pot because I think the clearest mediums and intuitives uh, are more receivers. They we are receivers of the non-physical world around us, and so and we're not the workers. So the people who are yearning to be mediums and yearning to be medical intuitives, they tend to search for it. They tend to work real hard. They're looking and looking and looking for intuition when in fact the most powerful, clearest, most accurate information will come in a pop. It will come in a pop out of out of nowhere.
1: It's it's what stands out from our normal noise too. Right? From our normal what? Noise? The noise in the head, the normal chatter in our heads. It just it stands out. It's like, well, where did that come from? I wouldn't have thought that. We have a lot another- of chatter, yeah. Yeah. how about another good story of a a save or a, an unexpected you know, hmm. healing or incident one of your favorites
2: well what popped in uh see i take the pop too see i just oh, I thought, that. Well, <laughs> well again this is um a story that has um meaning behind it too is to be a very very clear medium and and intuitive is you you do not interpret what you get don't ever interpret because when we move into oh this means blah 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 then we're putting our own uh, thoughts into the meaning of something and here's my story and again it's back to a physician and we, uh, this was uh, a class that we were all in one room together, not on Zoom. And they just had practiced, paired off, and were practicing with each other. And he came to me, the surgeon did, and he was wide eyed. And he said, "Tina, I can't tell this woman. Uh, I, I got a funeral home. I got a funeral home about her. That means death." And and I said, "Well, tell me what you got." And, he he had the he saw the funeral home in clear clear detail the rooms the outside of the building and it was actually a real old home turned into a funeral home and i said if you would would you really go back to your practice partner and just very gently tell her what you got he goes oh okay, so he he did, and they both came back to me, it was a long break, apparently, they both came back to me, and see, he put his interpretation of death on it, uh, some of it, because he was a medical practitioner, but she was delighted, it was the best thing he could have ever picked up for her, because she said she grew up, it was in a family that owned a funeral home, and she said we lived in the house that the funeral home was in, oh and she, to, and he described the the building to in exact detail, exact wow. detail. But see, so but it's kind of the moral of the story is, when we're intuitives, don't inter. I would say interpret it, uh, the information we get for ourselves, but if we get it for somebody else, don't interpret because we're putting. Our stuff into to it. When yeah. in fact, I that's the most beautiful story that I'm aware of to share with people about. And
1: clearly, it. if that man had just said, "Well, I sense death because I'm you know I sense death around you," ah, the woman's going to be harmed, which is not good. Yes, yeah.
2: yes, yes. Be careful to actually, actually. Um, share with someone that you pick this up with, share the details, not what you think the meaning is. So yeah, that's a great point.
1: Before we started this program, I told you, I'll let you do all the talking. I don't want to steal your thunder, but I have to share this now, Tina, because it's such an important teaching point that I teach all of my mediumship students report exactly like you said, objectively what you're seeing. And, and you can later give them this. I feel this means this, but you have to understand why I'm seeing this. So imagine everybody listening and watching. I'm in a yes. reading, the woman, my client, her father's coming through from the other side of the veil. And he shows me taking my client as a little girl by the hand and leading her into a dark closet. Now the mind immediately goes to something nefarious, right? What is he doing with her in that dark closet? So if you're a medium who's not trained to just report what you're seeing, you could really do some damage and leave your client thinking, "Did, did my father abuse me as a child? But instead I reported, well, your father's showing me you as a child, taking you by hand and leading you into this closet. I didn't interpret it. I just reported it. And she said, oh, one of my favorite memories. He had his own photography development studio in the closet at home. And I would stand beside him and watch those pictures go from a blank to this beautiful picture. I got goosebumps, right? So instead of something horrible, it was a beautiful memory. So I love that you brought that up. Any of you studying mediumship or medical intuition? Keep that in mind. It's so important.
2: Yes, yes, yes. And again, the the information that we get for ourselves, like in working with ourselves with medical intuition, you know, then the meaning, uh, use your own meaning for it, but boy, not when you're working with other people. That's a beautiful story too, Suzanne.
1: Yeah, but kind of frightening too, that uh, what happens when you have somebody who's not trained that way? So yeah, good to bring that to awareness.
2: (laughs) Well, but it's a good thing, you know, for both of us to be bringing this up right now. That that that's going to help uh, someone. It's going to help some of the listeners because you and I have both have had dramatic examples uh, of this very thing. So I yeah. love that when that when that happens.
1: Yeah. So just Saturday, uh, you had a free event with the Shift Network aired. Uh, I know it's airing again tomorrow, August 1st. Anybody who's watching live, you can still sign up to watch that. There's a link in the description to this show on YouTube and Facebook, and that'll remain on the YouTube video. But even if people miss that show, I'm sure it'll play over it, over again. It's actually leading, it's an introduction to your course and being your own medical yeah. intuitive that you're going to do. But as part of that program, I understand that you were going to tell people how the world is a living organism. I love that. And it's pulsating um, with wisdom. Would you talk about that a little bit?
2: Yes, I will. Um, this is some newer information that has um, come to me recently. That, um, And I always knew that the world is, is a living organism. Everything, besides it all it being alive in its own way, that it's also um communicating with us constantly and people don't really realize that uh, there is meaning in everything just just meaning everywhere so for example i would say in our dreams uh, people will oh i just dreamed you know this goofy thing and blah 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 but everything even in our dreams have meaning and i don't know if you've noticed too, that, uh, that our loved ones will come to us in our dreams oh, also. Of course. Oh. Um, yeah, and, but uh, even around, I would say animals are phenomenal. Birds are phenomenal uh, in, in that living part of it. So really, I ask people to notice the very, very subtle things that are, are happening around us. And one example is I was working with a woman. I think we we're on the phone. And a, I looked out the window of my office because there was movement, and this swooping went by, and it was this massive hawk just swooped by the window, and it happened right at a certain moment in our session together, and so I knew it was about her, and I mentioned it uh, to her, and I said. Told her what the hawk just did. And I said, what meaning does that have for you? And she burst into tears. And it had a beautiful, beautiful meaning for her. I um, I was, uh, I used to live in New Mexico. I was sitting on top of a mountain on a big boulder. And there wasn't a sound anywhere. There wasn't a human anywhere. And I heard wings of a bird. And I opened up my eyes and turned and a hawk landed on the same boulder three feet away from me and it was like it was communicating with me uh, and had I not realized that everything in the world around us is giving us signals giving us messages I would have just thought oh that is weird as can be you know there's this hawk that landed right there with me I just say oh no it's just you know a coincidence or an accident or something. But no, there was a profound meaning in in that as well. I looked out the window of my own home, uh, just a couple months ago. And I live out in the country, but it was a broad daylight and there was a massive um, a coyote uh, just standing there looking at me in the window. And uh, so that was very, very meaningful to me and you just notice well what what does that mean to me and and when you have different things repeat like birds, the same kind of bird repeats or the same animal or numbers repeat. Uh, notice things that, that repeat. notice even certain words that, uh, people in the grocery store say to you, and then they then you hear the same words someplace else. Things that repeat are signaling to us. But back to the to the animals and the birds, how to get the message from the animal or the bird is think about the qualities uh, that they have. Think about actually how they live. Um, how do you know? Do they live singly? Do they live in groups things like that because there is messages from everything in the world around us in fact i get carried away here i could rattle on uh, about this for a long time Uh, i'll give you one more example because i just thought about it i give uh, my grandkids just little cheap cameras and we go out at night. And I'll say, okay, I want you to ask for the universe to bring you orbs and bring you angels and fairies and just take pictures. So we're out there in the pitch dark and, I, and they say, well, what should we take? I said, just take pictures of the, the air, the sky, you know, whatever. And it'll be full of beautiful orbs with faces in them and and all kinds of designs and stuff like that. I go out there by myself and take, you know, I try the same thing. I got nothing. <laughs> get nothing but boy you send the the kids out we're out there roaming around in the dark and uh so even our photos will will show things that oftentimes uh we don't see with with our eyes
1: well you that childlike energy anytime we bring that into anything we do it's going to help
2: oh i'd like to come
1: back uh, again, then, so the universe is speaking to us through nature and through animals, like you just said, pulsating with wisdom, but our bodies do that. I just had a, a crystal ball healing session as a gift from someone this morning, Ooh. and I laid there, and yeah. my body was just pulsating. So, so what ways do our bodies speak to us that somebody who's listening or watching now may not be paying attention to?
2: Hmm. I I love that. In fact, now you just sent me a signal. I'll tell you that right now. That oh. I keep hearing people tell me about different tones and different sounds being very very powerful and healing. And so, see, you just repeated something just now to me yeah, that indeed. I keep hearing. <laughs> I know. I love that. Like we didn't have this planned either, did we? Yeah.
1: No. No. That's so perfect. We didn't
2: plan this. But there it <laughs> the is. Yeah.
1: It is. You're talking about. It's great. Yeah,
2: I know. I love that. I love that. So, um, I forget what your question was now. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, the question was, how do our bodies speak to us in ways that we may not be a- paying attention to if we're not aware?
2: Yes, absolutely. Well, I mean, we
1: all know about pain, and sometimes we ignore yeah. that, but is there something beyond pain?
2: Yeah, well, even if when we have physical pain, there is always emotional, um, pain underneath that emotional thoughts and, and the emotions that are painful to us. And the body is speaking to us because in a way that certain thoughts and emotions tend to congregate in certain places in our physical body. And it, there, it, it, it follows through every time because when I teach this, people will say, oh, yeah, my aunt Susie that was exactly right for my aunt Susie. And oh yeah, my mom had that. And oh yes, I'm experiencing that. So I'll give you some examples Um, on problems that we have with our lower back, sometimes pain, uh, but sometimes it's stiffness or tightness, and especially uh, a little below belt level, a little below belt level that uh, that is always about our body signaling to us that we're worried about our security um, mm-hmm. sometimes it's uh security means finances means money so we might be worried or even feeling some pain about our security um i give some other examples uh like if, if something or' just
1: it's brilliant how that works. That's like Louise Hay 101, right? She was yeah, all into yeah. it. But yeah. that, that so perfect with the back, worried about your security because it's feeling not supported, and the back and the spine supports us, right?
2: It's yeah. fine. It's exactly. And even the the upper part of the spinal cord, if a lot of people have struggles with uh, their uh, vertebrae in their neck. I know you're going to bring that up
1: what (laughs) i just not know i just knew that was the next place you were gonna Uh go
2: well that that has a lot to do with your body signaling to us that uh that we are struggling to look in new directions because what is our what does our neck do but it okay
1: all right my mouth popped open because i didn't want to say it beforehand till i heard what you were going to say it was because mine has been twinging me and I got a major one at the beginning of this program and it and it, it hurt and so I that's why I knew you were going to say it because I knew you were going to address my specific issue right now and I didn't want to say it because what if it was something worse than what you just said but but I absolutely am beginning to look in new directions not in a new field but ah, within God. this field a new way of seeing the world so ah oh, so cool yes, and I hope yes. that, that everybody else is also personally getting a lot out of this
2: yes we'll see it always fits and people you know in my course and stuff they'll say oh my gosh every single thing you said fit my aunt susie or they fit my own uh struggles in my body because our body is signaling us constantly with uh because you know every time we have a thought every time we have an emotion it sends an electrical spurt through our physical body our energy field the aura and then out into our environment and then out into the universe. So it's you know our thoughts and emotions are real things. Are real things, yeah. Powerful.
1: So powerful. I, know. I love this
2: stuff. I love that body, body and emotion connection. Do you always use Aunt Susie as your example name? Yes, I do. Oh, okay. Susie,
1: Susie Q. Okay. Cuz I was no. Susie just to my parents and and uh and oh. And when you use that as an example, I thought that was funny, especially since then I knew you were going to talk about something that I was dealing with. So oh, no.
2: Right. I always call uh, everybody, uh, females at least, everybody, Susie Q. And I had an aunt, Susie. So, no, I didn't even put it together. Okay. And what are the men? Long. What's the what? your name for men? Pardon?
1: What is your name for the men?
2: Oh, for the men, Uncle Joe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay.
2: Yeah, Yeah, Uncle Joe. I don't
1: know. I I love that you're this beautiful mix of grounded medical background and yet you're telling stories that to some people would seem a little fanciful, and yet it all comes back to it works, it's helpful, it's healing, and you allow us to help ourselves and learn how to do that.
2: Yes, especially ourselves, because if we if we aren't working for ourselves. You know, we give and give and give as practitioners, but, you know, if we don't give to ourselves, uh, we're not going to make it, you know. We have to give to ourselves at least equally to what we give to everybody else.
1: Yeah. Well, I know that you're just coming off of 10 days of teaching at the Omega Institute. I can't imagine. I did four days there a few weeks ago, and it's it's tiring. I'm just coming off of a two-day workshop yesterday and the day before, and several hours of recording this morning, and you were talking about balance and taking care of ourselves. Uh, Somebody said, what are you going to be doing the rest of the week? And it's going to be nothing. I'm not doing anything, right? Just hanging out with my pack, my husband and my dogs. And I hope, Tina, you will have the chance to do the same. Because if we don't, there's a reason they call it being unbalanced, right?
2: Yes, and really our heart, and I think about this, we're always giving our heart and, you know, everything, but our heart is really an intake center, even as in, in chakras, it's an intake center. So we've got to give, give to our heart at least equally to what we give it to others.
1: Well, I thank you for sharing your heart with us today. I- you've done plenty of interviews and the 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 ending question is usually and it's a good one is there anything that we haven't covered that you really feel would is necessary or important for people who are sharing with us today to know
2: yes that i i would ask everyone to realize that when we are ill or we have aches and terrible pains sometimes that we are not a victim. We can become victims to this, but I want you if if you don't hear anything else, to realize that you are powerful. And it's about directing our body and our energy field in very, very giving ways to ourselves to power ourselves and not be a victim to our health and body.
1: Well that raises another question. We can't just leave it there. What about when somebody gives you a diagnosis and giving power to that?
2: That has a lot of power because words have power. Yes. And especially those darn diagnoses, they even if they seem accurate, we are not a prisoner to those diagnoses that we can I've seen people eliminate those diagnoses. I've seen people keep them minimal to they can still function in life. Do not think that you are powerless, especially with your example of diagnoses.
1: Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I feel like we have just touched the tip of this whole topic with you. So I can talk with you a long time. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I love love that you have a book. I hope people will check out your website again, check out if you're drawn to being your own medical intuitive, check the link at the bottom of this uh, YouTube video or, or on Facebook page on my Facebook page. And you can find out more about her class with the shift network or and her free program that's coming up. So Tina, thank you for the work you do and thank you for taking time after your big investment of time at Omega for sharing with us.
2: Well, And thank you so much, especially in your busy schedule, too, my goodness. And see, you're going to give to yourself tomorrow. So that's beautiful.
1: Tomorrow's my birthday.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, no. yes. Yes. Somebody said, What are you doing for your birthday? I just said, Hanging out with the pack. That's it. I can't wow. think of anything I'd rather do. Breathe. Yes, yes. breathing. Yeah. All right, everybody. I hope it, it may every day be a birthday for everybody. We love you all and thank you for joining us and being part of this community. Isn't it a blessing to know what we know? We are so very loved. Bye-bye. Hi, everybody. This is Suzanne. If you find my podcast helpful, you can help me be a messenger of hope by following or subscribing to the Messages of Hope podcasts. This makes sure you never miss an episode. To do this, go to the Messages of Hope show page on mindbodyspirit.fm or Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Tap the plus sign in the upper right corner or just click follow. While you're there, why not give us a five-star rating or review and share an episode with a friend? My team and I appreciate you very much, and we hope you can feel deep in your heart and soul that you are so very loved. Thanks so much for listening.
2: I'm Victoria Moran, since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion.